We're live. Thank you so much, everybody. Welcome to Down to Earth with Harriet Kimmick, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And I'm so very grateful that you've taken time out to be with us this morning and to be a part of our show. Thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciate your input, and I value your service. I value your time. And I thank you so much for being a part of our show. There are so many other ways that you could spend your morning and spend your time, and I'm deeply grateful that you choose to spend the time with us. Thank you so very much. Um, I wanted to uh, do a little uh, uh, housekeeping prior to uh, going, segueing uh, into our show. I wanted to make sure that most of you by now know that our show, Down to Earth, is podcasted on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and I encourage you after this show ends, after this live feed ends, that you go to those platforms, Apple, Google, uh, uh, Spotify, and so many other podcast platforms, and make sure that you download and subscribe so we kind of track it to see what people are listening to so that we know what topics that you're interested in. So thank you so much for your continued support. So today on our show, we're going to talk about why are prison inmates dying in Alabama. And it's alarming because what we discovered was that prison inmates in Alabama are dying at a rate of nine times the national average. And because it is so alarming, we had to figure out why. So we did some digging around and found a Department of Justice report that specifically gives the specific reasons why. you got to understand, the DOJ did a study on Alabama prisons. That's damning already. But what they said, in essence, was even worse. And it, it makes you wonder about the prison industrial complex, and it makes you wonder about this whole system of prison for profit, Right? We blame uh, Bill Clinton for being the architect of mass incarceration, right? But in 2010, a Democratic president actually uh, signed a bill into place that reduced sentencing on stuff like crack cocaine. Now, what the DOJ found is that black and white use and uh, sell drugs at equally the same rate. So when you look at why are why is one segment of the population targeted for being locked up more than the other, especially when it comes to drug use, you've got to think that there must be some other factor that contributes to this. And we all know what it is. It's the R word, racism, right? It is what it is, right? So Alabama, we don't need to ask where Alabama is. It's a deep state. It's, in the, it's a red state. It's located in the south. And traditionally... The South has more issues than other states in the North. Why? It goes back over 150 years, 170 years, and just seemingly these states refuse to conform. They refuse to change. And that's a note to all of us. You know, in our refusal to change and to move with the times, what we find is that we hurt our people. Now, I'm going to give you some statistics, and I'm going to share some information with you that I found equally alarming. And I don't know, I've been tweeting about this all morning. I hope somebody from uh, 
Alabama finally gets it, but I don't think they do because if the DOJ found that they didn't get it, they're definitely not going to get it from you and I, if you know what I mean, right? So here's something that, and I'm going to read it to you because I found this to be very alarming. I've often said that I don't think anybody should go to jail for drug abuse. I think that's a mental health issue. If you are going to use drugs because you can't cope with the issues of your life, that's a mental health issue. I don't care what color you are, right? I don't think anybody should go to jail for drug abuse. Another reason for for why Alabama has so many people in prison, and it's not just in Alabama, it's where else? It's everywhere in the country. When they took mental health and psychiatric facilities out of the budget, guess what? Police and the police station and the lockup became a sort of warehouse for people who have mental health issues. So people can't handle when people are, are, are not conforming or their, their, their mental health issues become active or activated, they call the police. What, does the, what, what is the police going to do? There's no hospital for the police to take them to, so they end up being warehoused. So, the, so sometimes they have what we call repeat offenders. They just, they just show up. <laughs> they're, they're, recently, I read a report here in Detroit about a, a, a group of police officers who have a regular beat, two of them. They have a regular beat. Well, on their regular beat are some regular offenders, regular people who act out with mental health. And the police officer said after a while, he got it. He recognized that these people were mental. So when he was when they were called and they showed up, they just said, oh, okay, so we're just going to take you down to the hospital. They're going to give you some meds, and then you deal with it. Okay, okay, officer. And, but it, it points to a very alarming situation in the country. We are leaving the police who are not supposed to be handling mental health. They should be handling crime, not mental health. But we leave the police to handle mental health. People become aggressive because they don't know how to interpret what is going on around them. And then they end up being locked up because at that point it becomes you broke the law. So a lot of people are being incarcerated for mental health and for stupid things like drug use. Think about that. Why should you lock anybody up for drug use? So you you lock people up, and they are locked away. They become frustrated and angry at themselves, perhaps, but also angry at the system that warehouses them and locks them up for something like drug use. You know, when you sit down in jail, you start thinking, and you're like, really? For some drugs? For some weed? Some coke? Right? You rob them of their life. And now, if they even come out of jail... They don't have any options. They can't rent a house, can't rent an apartment, can't get a car loan, can't get a house loan. Imagine that. Can't get a job. And now, what do you do with all these people? So here's some alarming statistics about Alabama. And I'm just going to read it to you. And feel free to join in. Alabama runs the most violent prison system in America. Inmates are killed at nine times the national rate. In 2019, 13 people were killed inside Alabama's prisons. I'm just going to stop there. You go to prison, people are sent to prison, 
and people are being killed in prison at a rate of nine times the national average. 13 people, 2019 is not over yet, and already 13 people in Alabama's prisons have been killed. Why? That shouldn't happen, right? That should not, that shouldn't be. Uh, that points to some sort of deficiency in our system, right? Uh, the national rate is seven per 100,000. That means for every 100,000 inmates, seven people are killed. But Alabama's rate is six to two per 100,000. Why? There are some factors to consider. Hold on. Suicides are high. We all know that suicides happen in prisons. It's underreported because prisons do not want, and Department of Corrections do not want to disclose it because this is an alarming statistic. But family members who are still hurting and who are traumatized will tell you that a number of people who go to prisons kill themselves. I heard from uh, earlier this year on our show, I had, the show is still on YouTube. You can go view it. I had a former inmate on my show who first brought it to my attention that when people are leaving prison, a lot of them don't have anywhere to go because family members don't want them because they have to use an address so that they can be paroled to that address and so on, right? And so when people don't have anywhere to go, they kill themselves before. Some people kill themselves while they're in prison because they're obviously frustrated, dissatisfied with their life. Suicides are high in prisons. That's an underreported, not talked about fact, right? Corrections officers, listen to this. This is in Alabama. Corrections officers have been charged with murder. I kid you not. I'm reading this from the DOJ report. Murder, extortion, and sexual assault. Are you all hearing this? If that does not chill you, I don't know what does. I, I, I can't even hear you guys. I was literally reading this and I was chilled reading it because this is happening in prison. And this is from the DOJ. The DOJ just concluded a two-year study. The Department of Justice just concluded a two-year study. And it says this. It concludes that conditions in Alabama's prison violate the Eighth Amendment. I, like you, was speechless. They also said that it has the highest homicide rate. Oh, God. And they also said that the conditions are cruel, violent, and so pervasive that it is unbelievable. Somebody else used a different expletive to describe it. So why are Alabama's prisons so violent? Well, let's look at the facts. Who is Alabama? Alabama has overcrowding in the prisons, right? They have a lack of staffing. Of course, they participate in the prison for profit and the prison industrial complex. And I know most of you are just going to jump and be happy. Well, if you do something wrong, you should go to prison. Well, next time you're driving down the street with some weed, right, and you feel like you're a free man, a free woman, and you get pulled over for some weed that exceeds the, the, the limit, 
that 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 makes you commit a felony, then you will find out how inequitable it is. I have found I used to think that going to prison you had to do something egregiously bad until I realized that sometimes we criminalize people overtly or intentionally. That people get pulled over for whatever issues that they get pulled over for, and they become criminalized after three times being pulled over. They become, it can be, it leads to over-criminalization really quickly. So bench warrants are, I'm not talking about people who are silly. You are issued a date to appear in court and you don't go to court. I don't understand what that is about. So they write you a letter. You go, you're supposed to go to court and you don't show up at court. Well, they're going to send out a bench warrant for your arrest. So something that started out as a misdemeanor, a minor traffic violation, suddenly become a criminal issue. So the, sometimes the address on people's uh, uh, driver's licenses is not where they actually live. And people sometimes don't think about stuff like that. You move, you change your go to the you know go to the Department of Motor Vehicles and change your address. Some people don't do that. Some people move frequently, so they don't change their address as often as they move. So the address on their driver's license is where the mail is going to go through. And when they don't get the mail, guess what? They don't show up in court. A bench warrant is issued for their arrest. So they're driving. Their driver's license is suspended now, right? So they're driving. They don't know it. They get pulled over again. Then all of a sudden, they find out their driver's license is suspended. And they are criminalized. Do you see how quickly that escalates? It goes very quickly. But this happens more frequently for people of color, for black and brown people, more than it ha- white people just seem to get this. Oh, okay, well, just make sure you go take care of this, and it's done, right? So why is Alabama so bad? Well, here's some facts about Alabama, right? Uh, Alabama has the seventh highest poverty rate in the country. It ranks 50th in terms of education, 46th in terms of health care, and 45th in terms of opportunity. Those are the facts. It has the seventh highest poverty rate. It ranks 50th in terms of education. That means they don't do a good job of educating the people there. Uh, nobody should go to prison and never be mur- and didn't commit a murder. Right? I don't know. Some people hold up people and touch people inappropriately and stuff. Right, so there are some considerations there, right? Uh, it's 46th in terms of healthcare, the delivery of healthcare, 45th in terms of opportunity for Alabamans. So, in order to fix why inmates are dying in Alabama, what do we need to do? We need to fix Alabama. If Alabama has the seventh highest poverty rate, we already know which other states have number one Louisiana, Mississippi, they consistently rank high, right? And it's 50th in terms of education. Alabama needs fixing. Alabama, my friends, need fixing. Now, I'm not going to talk about the other stuff. I love Bama football. I watch college football. I watch Crimson. I love Crimson Tide. I've been watching that for years and years and years. But there's a severe disparity there. If the people are can't get basic education, can't finish high school, so they can at least get a job then we're going to have some issues. I keep saying that violence, a big factor in violence is poverty. And 
when violence takes place, it reduces people to poverty. A lot of these folks who are also going to prison are people who have committed domestic violence, right? So they're in prison because of violence, right? But at the same time, the poverty also is a contributing factor because if you're going to rank 50th in education, 46th in healthcare, and 47th in terms of opportunity, seems to me that people have already given up. So if you're born in Alabama, you, you just say, well, there's no hope for me because when you look around you, everybody is, is in the same boat. This is a big problem. And if we don't talk about it and we don't turn our national gaze on it, because right now the national gaze seems to be on impeachment. That's where the media wants us to look, right? So they, Because it's drama. They want ratings and stuff. But in the meantime, there are people in Alabama prisons who probably should not be in prison. There are people who have mental health issues. There are people who probably were in the wrong place at the wrong time. There are people who probably was just smoking weed or snorting cocaine. Those people should, I keep saying this. Why, do we, why are we incarcerating people for using drugs? You want to mess your life up. You have a mental health problem, right? So, and I see this sometimes. Some of us, we need to be a little bit more culpable, yeah? Don't drive with weed in your car. You might get pulled over. Don't go solicit weed. <laughs> I, I just, I recently, a few days ago, I was on the phone with someone, and I, just, I was just like, don't use drugs. And why get behind the wheel of a car if you're drinking? I don't get that. Do you see what I'm saying? But that's me, right? But what about the people who do that? Some of these folks are, some people are in, in jail because they can't make bail. So the cash bail system is also a contributor to people's incarceration. So you get pulled over some misdemeanor stuff. They say, all right, you're going to go down to jail, right? Uh, And in order to get out, you have to post bail. But you're too poor to be able to post bail. So you can't post bail. So you end up rotting in jail. So you get frustrated. And you want to get out, but you don't have the money to get out. And you're angry. Some of the stuff that I read in this report was mind-blowing, where people were being stabbed. Like last year in Alabama, in a prison in Alabama, people watched as, as inmates watched as other inmates stabbed someone and the guards disappeared. They also held another inmate at gunpoint to perform oral sex. Are you listening to me? Do you really think when those people come out of prison that those are some folks who are going to be rehabilitated? Those are going to be some angry people, right? We have to stop this prison industrial complex where we are mass incarcerating people before simple stuff. Some of these, we got to get back to the stage where we have psychiatric care. Some people do need psychiatric care. We need to get back to the stage. Stop relying on the police. To become, uh, to become the the, the 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 mental health doctors and facilitators, their job is to fight crime. That's all they're trained. So if they come, and your uh, loved one who is acting out, you know, because they didn't get their meds or they don't want to take their meds, right? What are they gonna do? They're gonna lock them up because that's all they can do, right? So they have. I I was watching a 60 minutes uh, episode. I think it was. Sunday night or last week, 
right? And they were talking about the red flag law. Remember that? And the when they interviewed the sheriff, he said 80% of the people in his prison have mental health issues are there because of mental health. That's an alarming number. I dare say that a lot of the folks who end up in prison in Alabama are perhaps people who have mental health issues. And like I've been saying all along, if 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 you're taking drugs, you got you, you have some issues. Why would you take something that's not good for you that is likely to land you in jail? You must not be able to think. Uh, you must not be thinking this thing through, right? It could, because if you're aware and alert, you recognize that doing this is going to become a problem for you later on, right? And and it, it's not to say some people start, most people who start taking, you know, they say, well, I'm in control of it or I can handle it, right? And it's, why are you saying I use drugs? I don't really use drugs. I just use it occasionally when I just want to pet myself up. That's usually the defense. They become very defensive. Because they're aware that they are impaired, that you, their actions are impaired because they're uh, uh, sort of, you know, in, an, in another world is what I call it, right? But those are people who, who need a different kind of assistance. Prison is perhaps not the place for them, right? They need to be in a mental health facility because invariably by the time they emerge from prison, they're so damaged mentally and so traumatized and have so many PTSD issues, they end up without a job, they can't work, and they end up in homeless shelters, and they end up being homeless. Do you see what we've created? It's, it just goes round and round and round and round. Now, when you look at Alabama and you think about it being the 50th state in terms of education, that's easy to fix, isn't it? That's easy to fix. What does that require? Putting money in schools, making sure that you can feed the, the poor children who come into school, right? Making sure that you provide bus systems, transportation for kids to get to school, pay the darn teachers for crying out loud, pay the people who are going to teach, repair the roof, provide technology in the schools, make it easier for kids to want to come to school. Right? Provide incentives. Give them free lunch. Duh. Right? So if you, if you start by fixing the problem, the problem needs to be fixed with education. The other problem is healthcare. Why are these poorer states not wanting their citizens to have access to healthcare? That's a big problem because if, if, if you take Medicaid out of it and you have a family member who you, you can't afford to go to the doctor because you, you don't get jobs that give you health benefits, right? You get jobs, not careers. So jobs that pay you minimum wage at 20 hours a week, you're not getting any health benefits. So then you take state Medicaid out of it because according to you, you don't want to create a welfare system where... Every other damn country in the world provides health care for their citizens, but we're looking at it like we don't want to create a welfare state. Are you kidding me? Like, seriously, that is the silliest argument I've ever heard. So people who are bipolar, right, people who need medication to make them function, they can't access it. So you call them loony? Well, yeah. Because you took the money out, but you're having a good time. 
Do you see what I'm saying? Either we hate people. I think we, we're just, let's just call it what it is. We hate people. We hate people. We don't like people. Because we look at people and we're like, you're a problem. You probably shouldn't, you know, you, you don't mean anything. You're valueless. We hate people. That is why, as politicians, politicians treat people indiscriminately because they hate people. It is what it is. What else can I see when I look at statistics that Alabama is the 50th in education in the country, 46th in terms of health care, and 47th in terms of providing opportunity to its residents? What else am I going to say but that the people who run the systems there hate people? You mean to tell me that you would rather take the money out of schools and let people grow up without an education and you won't, you will stop state Medicaid. But at the same time, listen, you want to stop Medicaid because it just makes you sound so fiscally prudent. No, you are a hater of human beings, right? And what it does, you do not correspondingly provide jobs that fill the gap. It's what we call gaps in services. So the jobs that people are working are minimum wage jobs for 15 hours a week, 10 hours a week. How are they going to pay rent and access health care to treat their mental health condition? Do you see where I'm coming from? Food for thought. So while most of us get on our sandbox, and we love to, you know, down on people and we, we love to say, well, this happens to them because it happens to those people. You forget the underlying reason. Because we don't think about people. People don't matter. People, th- this is why slavery is a thing today. A, a few hundred, a few years ago, 50, 60 years ago, we, most of us had kind of, you know, people were a little bit kinder. Oh, well, let's think of the good of all. Despite racism and colorism, people were, today, people are like, I don't care. We are so mean. We dog people down. We look down on people. We think we're better than other human beings. And even when we, and I'm not talking about private individuals who are running their corporations for profit. I'm talking about people who are elected officials. It's the government of Alabama, the state government. That's who is responsible for the outcome that we're reading about. It's not, it's not the private corporation. It's the politicians. It's the politicians who have to say, you are not coming into my state to provide jobs for my people and pay them less than minimum wage and do not pay them a living wage and give them 20 hours a week. That's the job of the politician. You know, we have a mayor here in Detroit, and he's filled with corruption scandal right now. I'm not a happy camper with him. But when he was restructuring Detroit, he asked the other companies, I'll give you incentives to operate, but you got to give jobs to people. You have to pay them a living, living wage, and they have to work 40 hours per week. You know what that does? If you think about it, he's not being magnanimous. He's just thinking how it's going to what? Say it loud. Decrease the crime rate. So even if he weren't a lover of people, 
he was thinking as a statistician and as an urban planner, it's going to decrease the crime rate. And it's going to make neighborhoods thrive. And if neighborhoods thrive, people feel better. They're not going to want to commit crime. Raven, do you see what I'm saying? I know you're getting it. I know it's hitting. And I know you're shaking your head like, wow, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. So when some of us talk about these things, oftentimes we're viewed as if we're talking about it from a perspective of underness. You know, well, you're saying that because you're the underclass. You're saying that because you're a minority. You're saying that because you feel disenfranchised. You've got to look at the big picture. When I was reading this report, as chilling as it was, this is the Trump administration's Department of Justice. So this is not something that you can concoct and say this came from a previous administration. No, this is under the current administration. And they are appalled at the prison system in Alabama. They're like cruel and violent conditions exist that, listen, the DOJ says it, it, it violates the Eighth Amendment. I feel like crying. Can you imagine a prison inmate in Alabama? Oh. 